Today's podcast is brought to you by my number one choice in tires, Pirelli. And since I used to be a race car driver, I know a thing or two about tires. The iconic tire brand is known for its long tradition of innovation, advanced technologies, and high-quality products. Pirelli recently added the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3 to its American range. Developed to go the distance, it comes with a 70,000-mile treadwear warranty. Choose more mileage, more comfort, more control with the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3. Ask your local dealer for a tune-up. Trust me, I'm a driver. You ever have days where people expect you to be something and you just don't got it in you? The thing about being happy and basically an overall happy person is that people still expect me to not have a bad day. So one of the things I've learned about my personality, because I'm a people pleaser as well, I'm also a perfectionist. I, 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 I bet you understand a little bit of what I'm talking about. I do, I do. But I've learned that, you know, perfectionism is something wonderful to strive to, but it doesn't exist. It's okay now to say to your closest friends, you know what? I'm not having the best day today. If it seems like I got up on the wrong side of the bed, it's because I did. It took me a long time to learn that because I didn't ever want anyone to think there was ever a problem that I, everything was okay. When That's just not life. Mm. That's just not life. There are problems and crappy things happen. And, you know, you, you have to find the, the people that you trust the most and communicate with them. This podcast exists because I love talking to people and I love going deep. The purpose is to plant seeds of inspiration. We enter a space of vulnerability and relatability. And what you realize is that we are so much more alike than we are different. To quote Ramdas, we're all just walking each other home. And the show is just one step. I'm Danica Patrick and I'm pretty intense. What a pleasure to have on the show today, Kristen Chenoweth. And yes, she is just as adorable as you could imagine. <laughs> I mean, she has sparkly shirt on. She has a pillow that's red lipstick shaped and colored. She's an Emmy and Tony award-winning singer. She's an actress on Broadway as well as in movies. She has a holiday film coming out called Christmas Song. There's an album coming out called For the Girls. And she has a show out already on Apple called Schmigadoon, which what a funny concept. It's about this couple that gets lost and lands in Schmigadoon, which is a living musical. <laughs> and she plays like a really, really funny, interesting, mean character uh, that can sing so well, of course. Uh, but Man, the conversation, it like we dropped in so fast. We, we got right into the meat of just being human and the challenges and, you know, growing up and how that affects us and, you know, our environment, the friends that we have and what makes us feel fulfilled and what doesn't. And, you know, the ways that we get filled up with energy. Uh, we also talked about, of course, you know, on the heels of that, just being a performer and not having audiences and which is something that she thrives on and is so important. And I get it. Like, you know, make a joke. And if no one, no one's there to laugh, do you know, was it funny? Did it hit? And so she, uh, she, she kind of shares some techniques she uses um, to be able to feel out whether or not something's funny or not, even without an audience. But my gosh, we just, we just, we just went deep. You know, we talked about family. We talked about faith. We talked about spirituality. Um, and then 
you know, I think all of us can relate to trying so hard for something or not getting out of a certain pattern that might be unhealthy and the ways that life gets you to slow down. Enjoy the show. You're so glittery and pretty and alive. I was trying to fool you because I actually have on no pants. Oh, well, I have sweatpants on, so I'm not sure what's worse to have sweatpants on or no pants. Did you just say your boyfriend was there? So, you know, it probably makes sense why you have no pants on. Let's just say who he wears the pants in the family. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he literally has them. He's like, honey, I'm not going to let you have any of your pants. I have them all. The next boyfriend that wants to wear my pants, we're going to have to break up. Okay. If you know what I'm saying. No, not never again. When they want your shoes or they like your shoes or pants, I'm out. No. Right. Or they know what your shoes are, right? Isn't that another thing? When they, they know, know it's Christian Louboutin, yeah. you know, no, thank you. Let's go shopping, not date. Yeah. Yeah. Fun for that. Not the other. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Um, well, you, you're, you're glittering in a way that I imagine like you're, you're matching your personality. Whenever I see you, you're always, it just always, I don't know. You always just seem so happy. You seem so funny and you just seem alive and you seem like you just have so much electric energy. Do you feel like that? Um, you ever have days where people expect you to be something and you just don't got it in you and you just don't got it in you. Okay. So the, the, the thing about being happy and basically an overall happy person is that people still expect me to uh, not have a bad day. So one of the things I've learned about my personality, because I'm a people pleaser as well, mm. I, I'm also a perfectionist. I, I, oh I, my I bet you understand a little bit of what I'm talking about. I do, I do. But I've learned that, you know, perfectionism is something wonderful to strive to, to but it doesn't exist. Mm. And, you know, it's okay now to say to your closest friends, you know what, I'm not having the best day today. If it seems like I got up on the wrong side of the bed, it's because I did. That way, nothing is like, it took me a long time to learn that because I didn't ever want anyone to think there was ever a problem that I, everything was okay. And when, that's just not life. Mm. That's just not life. There are problems and crappy things happen. And, you know, you, you have to find the, the people that you trust the most and communicate with them. Yeah. How was, so how, how, how many are you, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have an older brother. He's four and a half years older than me. And he is a chemical engineer, not a performer at all. In fact, he can't sing and shouldn't ever. Um, but I don't know what the heck he does, but we're really close. He, he, he invents technology. I don't know. But he's amazing. And he's been such a guiding force as a big brother, especially of, a, of an age gap. You know, it was almost five years. So you want to look at it in a way. I was sort of like a single child growing up from eighth grade on. But that was my big brother. And he was almost like a parent. And, and honestly, still is a little bit. I still want him to be proud of me. I still strive for him to go, that was kick-ass, you know, or whatever. Or that was really good when you did. Because he's a man of few words. And, um, and as you can tell, I am not. So, but, we, but yet we are very tight. And two people who shouldn't be close at all on paper are. Hmm. Yeah, well, I have a lot of friends where someone is just like me. They're kind of type A, they're all in, up for anything, tons of energy. Let's go. Let's work out. Let's do the thing. Let's work out again. Like I have people that are just like me, very straightforward, call it like it is, a little brash. And then I have 
a lot. I probably have even more friends that are the opposite, which they're the ones that are super empathic. They're really sensitive and they're really, uh, they're just, they have all of the things that I don't. Um, and, 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 and lots that I do, like you can't get along with somebody that's not similar and doesn't enjoy the same things, but from an emotional standpoint and how they orient with people, they're opposite. So it sounds like you and your brother are maybe a little bit like that. You know, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I call them my lean in friends. The friends that make you, the friends that make you think, or the friends that make you go, why is she doing it like that? Or the friends that, you know, or they go to you and go, girl, what are you doing thinking? Like, you know, those are the friends. And then to have somebody that's kind of your mirror is also nice too. You can laugh and go, that's just like me. I would do that. I would be the one to fall in the hole. That's me. But I don't really have a guideline. My friends are also different. Yeah. And and they're also important. And what else I've learned as I've gone along, you know, when you're growing up, your best friend forever is so-and-so. Your best friend, your best friend, your best friend. I have family now at this point. I have chosen family. And I love being able to say that, not just as an adopted child, but I'm very close to my, my family, but I am also extremely close to my friends. And I chose them very carefully because I've been hurt in the past. Who hasn't? Everybody has. You live and learn. You know, that saying of friends are, some are there for a lifetime, a season, a reason. That's sure. a, it's so true. And now I don't, I think this may be a friend that this is just what it is for this time. And that's okay. I've gotten more okay with things as I've aged. Mm. And it, from a, from a position of being a people pleaser and wanting to take care of whatever the relationship or them, that's probably a really huge phase for you to be in that you can look at a dynamic because the new version of you is always going to cost you the old one. And sometimes that comes in the form of relationships, where you live, your job, the things that you do. A lot of those things can fall by the wayside. And sometimes you look at it and you just go, it's part of growing is that, you know, I, I, you can't take everything with you. And that how, how, like, what was the arc of that? And where did you like get stuck at times where you're, you look back now and go, man, I'm, you know, I, I needed to go through all that, but I probably hung on the, for too long. Oh, there's so many situations. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you understand. First of all, just professionally speaking, mm. I am going to work until, I mean, if, if they said rehearse, I'm going to be there before. Rehearse. You know, that's just who I am. I have the thing memorized when I walk in. The, it's just who I, I can't help. That being said, what I've learned about being that kind of person, and this goes into relationships of any kind. Mm. It's just because I work that way doesn't mean that somebody else works that way. Because I can get really frustrated when I see somebody doing a different process. Maybe it, maybe it seems even lazy to me, mm. but they still have the same uh, ending. I'm like, how did that happen? Because I did A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and yeah. he or she did Z, X, B, mm. and it seemed just fine. Without evolution, or some may, or some might call it enlightenment. I call it evolution because it's change. It's it's constantly evolving. And when in my twenties, I left college and went to New York, and I had to do some real soul searching, not just musically. And like, do you really love this? Because if you don't love it, go do something else. Because this is hard. And I really I came to realize this is really what I want to do. Like I can't see myself doing anything else. And then 
came to the realization of, okay, I'm from the Bible Belt. I'm a Christian. I have certain beliefs. How does that fit into who you are in show business? Well, I decided when I was young, and I think it was mature decision. I don't know how I knew this. Maybe God. I went, okay, I'm going to be me. And it's not going to be pretty and happy and perfect for everybody. But I'm just going to go ahead and be me because I can't, I can't do anything else. And, and I think it's Dolly Parton that says, be you because everybody else is taken. Mm-hmm. And it's a great piece of advice. Yeah. She even says something to go further. She says, um, find out who you are and do it on purpose. I'm like, that's what I, so in my 20s, I learned that. And I'm glad I learned that young. And was there an impetus or was this just sort of being pushed in? Was it having to decide if you loved acting and if you loved singing and performing? It was a way of life, Annika. Like I'm from Oklahoma. We get go to college. We do a sorority. We get married. We have a baby. We do our job. We maybe have another baby. And then we age and then we have a grandchild. You know, that's what I'm supposed to do. I didn't do things like that. I did them a little out of order. I'm very much happy in a relationship, but I've always been like, I'm never going to get married. I don't need a piece of paper. I, I love Jesus and God, but I also don't believe maybe that I'm right about every single thing that other people's views are also valid. You know, you just wake up, you, the kids call it getting woke. And, and and I think faith has been so important in my career, but I'll even have friends that are not, not they're, you know, atheists. And I'll say, will you just say a prayer for me? Because, because they know, I'll, they know I actually will. And I go, what, but you have to believe it though. I like to give them crap, you know, but I, I hope that my friendship with people who are very different from me feeds them as much as their friendship does with me. And I've got, I've learned so much about judgment and looking at things a different way since moving to New York when I came here. And I was pretty open as a kid mm. to move to New York from Oklahoma was a big shock. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I lived sort of in the South. I mean, we're calling Oklahoma the South, right? Because we're here, but really we're in the Midwest, right? There's a way that things go and, and, and a tr- sort of traditional routes and, you know, to buck the system, it almost feels like it's denying the v- validity or the, or the, or the, I don't know. It's like denying the people they're saying they're wrong in a way. It, it's felt like that sometimes. And interestingly enough, Danica, from women, I'm like, hey, women, you're supposed to be on my side, you know, but that's why I've looked at different, like, for example, Dolly never became a mother. I I talk about her a lot. I love her. She didn't become a mother. Just a choice she made. She said, I have a lot of little kids and I take care of them. So do I. So I understood that. That like made sense to me. You know, Carol Burnett says, I can't imagine not having having had my children. Sure. So everybody, you know does it the way I was adopted. What if I change my mind and I decide to d- adopt next year, which you never know with me. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so much love to go around in this world. I, I mean, it seems like I'm curious about your relationship with spirit as well as spirituality, as well as religion, because, you know, from what I can gather, you don't necessarily believe in all facets and structures and beliefs of religion. Um, So I'm curious about spirituality and where that fits in, into your life. Um, But you definitely seem like someone that's like stays pretty fluid and stays pretty um, open and, 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 and fluid, not only from a, from a, from a perspective standpoint, but also even just from a physicality standpoint, physical standpoint, where you're like, 
Um, you know, even just not doing Broadway for too long. Like, you know, they want to sign you up forever and you're like, hi, you've got five minutes and then I'm gone. <laughs> I love that word, by the way. And I know it's, and I'm, I'm learning all the, the new terms. Like I know pivot is a really big, big word right now. I've been using it a lot. So let me pivot back to the subject. One of the things I will say to you, Danica, about me and this journey, because really we're, we're all on it. We're all on our own path and everybody's dealing with their own crap. I don't mean to go, I don't mean to go down low. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say this with faith. I've questioned my faith sometimes because I've been sad and I've I've battled depression before. And I think it's important to talk about because it's a real thing. I had fire across my face. You would run and say, oh my gosh, how can I help you? But mental health is just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And just in having someone to talk to and say, is it okay that I question that? Or, you know, I have that person in my life. The things that I that I love to do, which I'm a huggy person. I like to touch. I'm a big like lover. I, I love to sing, uh, you know, all the things. And that's how I make my living too. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm being told no, no. And that caused a real seven week of like, well, how are you going to get back, pulled back up? How are you going to lift yourself back up? And I, you know, I'm not a w- walking quote, but I have quotes that stick in my mind. I don't know if you remember John Edward, the um, the uh, politician, his wife, who's no longer with us, she passed away of cancer, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Edward. Yeah. I haven't yeah. met them or anything, mm-hmm. but she has a quote that goes like this. It goes, she stood in the storm and then when the wind did not uh, blow her way, she adjusted her sails. <sighs> and I think, if you could sum up my whole career and ups and downs and because that's what it is and life, it mm-hmm. would, I've, I'm really good at, at adjusting myself. Where do you get that from? I have two, I have great mom and dad. Um, I saw my dad make his business, build it up, lose it and rebuild it. I, I saw my mom work her butt off to help him make that dream come true. I saw them work hard so that my brother and I could go to soccer and I could go to ballet and whatever else thing I wanted to do. And there were times when we didn't get to do that. I could have never, we could have never afforded to go into New York, Danica, and sing a rock, mm. see a Broadway show. Mm. So what we did is we went to Tulsa and when the show came through, we, we'd go see that. But that's why it's important for me, you know, when we talk about kids in our life and being a mother, I have a camp in my hometown a Broadway boot camp, and it's hard. I and mean, people audition, they get in. It's it's grown. It's eight years. We just had it. Wow! And it's really it's grown. We had seven countries because we went virtual this year, and thirty three states. Usually, it's just Oklahoma, but that to me is like okay, you passing it along helps you pull yourself up. It's a selfish thing, really. Pulls yourself. And it can pull you out of sadness. Giving to others sounds really weird to say, but when you give to others, it's actually reverse psychology on us. It works. It makes us feel better. Right. But you can't do it for that reason though, right? No, no, but no, you've got to do it when, when the spirit takes you or like go help right. that person. It's like when somebody asks you to say a prayer and you go, and I do it and I actually believe it, then like there's so magic in believing. I mean, there's magic sauce in that, right? Oh, I couldn't listen. You or I would not be where we are today. Oh, yeah. If we didn't believe in something greater than ourselves, mm. if we didn't believe in the power of training and hard work, if we didn't believe that we were in a man's world, believe me, I look at women I admire and I go, 
the things that we do have in common are that that work system that don't I'm, I can't be stopped. Yeah. You know? And it's hard to um, teach that. Either kids have it or they don't. You think? You think you can't teach that? I don't think you can teach that. I think you can. If kids kind of, if they don't, if they want to do something, they're going to find their path. They're going to find their way. If they don't, you can yeah. push them all day. I'm sure you've seen kids be pushing into your industry. I've definitely seen it. And I'm, I want to yeah. say to the parents, they don't want to do this. <laughs> That's why I say, if you don't want to do this, don't do it. It's hard. But if you want to do it, it's the most amazing career ever. Yeah, but you have to believe. I mean, that was definitely the story for me when I was racing go-karts and then I went into cars and everything was going fine. And then all of a sudden I was out of a ride at like 19 years old, 19, 20 years old for two years. And I should be really in the thick of it and really in the, in the craft. And I wasn't, and I just, but the whole time I just call it blind faith. That's what I called it then. And, um, but I just believed that it was going to happen. So I'm so curious if, if it's because, you know, I don't know, do we come in with a mission? Is there something that we're meant to do? And, so there's an innate knowing, or is it because I decided to believe in it that it happened? What do you think? I think it can be a combo pl- platter, Danica. I think in my my case, and it sounds like your case, there was nothing I wanted to do more than be an actor mm. and singer and dancer. There was nothing. I would have, I lived with four roommates in bunk beds with a clapper. Okay. I did whatever I had to do to make it. There are certain kids that aren't going to want to do that. And I understand they want to have a normal life. They want to be able to plan on a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. They want medical, you know, they want all these things. Yeah. I was at vacation Bible school one year and God literally said, you're going to be a missionary. And I was like, Oh, not me. You got the wrong. <laughs> like the Four Seasons Hotel. Remember me, God. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the missionary turns out to be of a different it didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. Okay. Describe the missionary. What, it, what, how, how, what let's is it? Africa, let's go to Indonesia. Let's feed the poor, really feed the poor and sick that we're supposed to do. Like, let's go on a journey. Let's spread the word of what works for us, makes us happy. Being able to do that. And I didn't think it would be talking about God or the Lord or Jesus on Broadway or maybe on a talk show or maybe here today with you. Or I didn't even think when I grew up that it was all that different. I got to New York and I found out that I was different Mm. and I liked it. I got the lesson early in life too, where being different, once I finally allowed that, because there was a time that I kind of resisted it where I didn't want to wear nail polish, heels, like look too girly. Cause I mean, I'm using my hands to describe the car and I really need to reinforce what's really obvious. Um, (laughs) But as soon as I allowed myself to be a woman in and different ways and, and just kind of go there. It was like through some photo shoots and stuff. I was like, wow, this doesn't actually take away from anything that I'm doing. It makes me special. And this is what's unique and different about me. And this is like, this is a cultural thing. And, and, and that people want to be like someone else, look like someone else, do what someone else does. And, and the, the truth of it is, is that they can never, like they'll, they will literally never be the person that they think is so great that they want to be like. Um, it's not possible. And the only thing you can do is be second best. And that's not going to get you there. That's not going to set, it's not going to blaze a trail. And so the best thing you can do is figure out what it is that's actually different about you and run with it. I could not agree with you more. That's what I tell my kids all 
the time you're saying it. I wish they were all listening. You mm-hmm. young Broadway boot campers, if you're listening to this, Danica just said what I t- say all the time. Man, if you if you can take that ball to the end game and love it, do yeah. it. Like nobody gets and but and if you can do it with a weird run, <laughs> do it. You know, do it. I'm four eleven. I have this unique speaking voice. You know, I'm sure that in at times in my career it has not served me, but mostly it has served me well because it's made me different. And I've accepted that I sound like Betty Boop. And I've accepted that I can't see over most counters. And I've accepted the things about me that were made fun of. And that we fit better in Japan. That's all there is to it. When <laughs> go, no, please. I love Japan. Uh, did you ever resist it? Like, did you have a point in time where you resisted it that you, you know, and what was that like? Because I feel as though, you know, you know, I'm all about trying harder and pushing. And there's definitely some of that needed in life. You've got to be able to push through things to some degree when it's difficult. Not everything is so great, but it's like trying to recognize when you need to pivot and turn away from something, go a different direction, let something go. And were there times where that you kind of had to sort of get beat over the head a little bit to get the message or not? When you cannot get a lesson and you're so busy and you cannot hear the lesson, you cannot see the lesson, this let. Sometimes it literally does land on your head. And I was on a, on a set with a good wife doing maybe six episodes of it. And my day two, the set, big old set piece thing landed on my head, fell in on my head. And I was out of work for six months. What? And I say, yeah, I say this story because I had a, I had a brain concussion and a six inch cut and nose, neck and ribs. So what, what was hard for me was not to lay there because on Broadway, we just get up and we go. <gasps> But with, you know, you got a broken leg, you wrap it up and you get it back out there and go. But with a head injury, um, I was in the middle of touring and stuff. They were not, they weren't going to let me do that. So I had that, the, um, I call it my own personal hell of mm-hmm. healing, of being quiet and listening. When I go, 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 go. And I was like, what's the lesson? What's the lesson? What's the lesson? And God's like, I keep trying to tell you, like you've fallen in a hole, which I have backwards, hurt your head. Another, another time a light thing fell off on me in the wing. He's like, I'm trying to get your attention, Kristen, because I want you to rest so that you can continue to do what you love. Because I'm so used to working through pain and injury. I'm sorry, but that's a fact or sickness or tired. You know, that's just what we do. And he just like, stop, stop and smell the roses. Similarly, I remember it was a few years back and I was like pushing hard. I mean, I was still racing. I was in NASCAR and I was working out all the time. I worked out two a days, you know, I was killing it. And I mean, I probably kind of knew that I was pushing a little too hard. Within a month, I sprained my ankle and I even thought this is a sign, but I was like, I'll just do, you know, some upper body stuff. And then I was like, you know, so doing that. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm doing a handstand in my living room and I fell out of it a little bit. And when I landed, my finger went down and went, no. and I my finger. I mean, it's still bigger than this one right here is still bigger than the other one. It's still, yeah. it's been like four years. And I, so then now I have a sprained finger and, or like torn ligaments is really it what hurts. I'd rather have this sprain than torn ligament. Oh, yeah. So it was torn ligaments in my ankle, torn ligaments in my finger. And I'm like, <laughs> finally, the body was like, I'm like, okay, I get it. No more. I give. I, well, I was thinking when you're talking about this story, I'm thinking about um, our gymnast. Yeah. Simone, who just had. So everybody was talking. I was um, 
just walking off stage, like my second show back was feeling really good and happy. And I wanted to know how it went for her. And my mom called me and she said, the most beautiful thing happened with her. I said, she won everything. She beat her on time, blah, 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 blah. She said, no, none of that. I have vertigo. I have an inner ear problem. And so I'm very conscious when someone can't land something or they seem off. Yeah. I'm very aware that because she said I'm spinning. She kept saying I'm spinning and I can't land. Now, I don't know what she has mm. and I'm not, I have no idea. But what she did in a matter of a few hours by showing her team and the world what kind of sportswoman she is to me was more important than anything she could have beat or won for her time. So her lesson was actually a lesson for us to watch someone with such grace say, I can't do it. I can't do it, but my team can, and I'm going to be there for them. And that's, that's probably why I like doing Broadway and why I like a family, familial feel. Um, I imagine in your sport, it's fun, but it could be maybe a little lonely. I think that about track stars, you know, Mm -hmm. you're only competing with yourself. Well, yeah, I am too. Because if they want me for a part, they certainly don't want someone else. If they want someone else, they certainly don't want me. But what I have learned is like, really, Chris, life's short. Life is so short and the sweating, the small stuff is just not worth it. Yeah. Well, not only did you get hit over the head, but then everyone got hit over the head with COVID last year. So (laughs) turn that frown upside down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly what I was just talking about. Um, uh, You want to tell me about that? How'd that go? Sure. (laughs) let's see other than these becoming my new favorite treat (laughs) i was like somebody everybody developed a love for something like i probably drank too much wine you know a little bit for a while you know i think you're allowed i say have an extra glass okay (laughs) extra glass um see my little lovely little record back there we were getting ready to uh i'd done a run on broadway at the concert of this album called for the girls i was really proud of it still am but the COVID was just hitting. And so the tour got after two months got canceled, which that's how I sell. And I was pretty bummed out about it. And it was my mother who said, are you sad that you're not going to sell as many records as you normally would? Are you, are you, are, are you happy that it lives on? <laughs> and I love that's called the Junie Chenoweth sideswipe. She gives you a choice so that if you say the negative one, then you're just really Debbie Downer. Right, but, right. <laughs> like, you can't make the wrong choice, Kristen. I said, Well, I'm happy it lives on, obviously, but you know, she goes, So it lives on, Kristen. You know how many people would give anything for a record deal? It lives on. Stop. So I've had women in my life like that. Well, because they're and both I, true. I mean, even if you would have toured, it still lives on. So, but she made you focus on the positive. Yes. And she's like, You, you right now, everybody. I was like, But I have dates and I have gigs. And she's like, And so does everybody. You're not special. And then the first seven weeks, we were, Josh, Josh was put to play at Birdland. He's a guitarist. And I was going to play at uh, Philadelphia Orchestra. And that we caught up here. I had had two weeks of a tour after the Broadway run, caught up here. And I was like, are they going to call this thing? Because I'm, I'm watching Philadelphia come up with cases. After seven weeks, I live across from the hospital. I just, here in New York. And I, I also live in LA. And I asked Josh to... Um, take a risk with me. I said, would you, would you, would you get on a plane right now and go to LA with me? Cause my spirit, cause what we saw 
here across the street was so hard, difficult. I just, I, I, I couldn't do it. I admit it. I thought, I thought I was a tough girl. You know, I was there, there during 9-11. You know, I, I'm a New Yorker, but I just, we got our groceries in the middle of the night. So we saw some things, you know, that the hospitals have to do during the middle of the night. And I just became uber needing to leave. We got to L, uh, LA and at least I could walk around in my, you know, remember in New York, we, we got, we got hit hard. We got hit fast and hard. New York seemed like a, I mean, it, it's always a concrete jungle, but now it's like, it's like a concrete prison. Yeah. And as a New Yorker, you know, that breaks my heart. Yeah. And I want Broadway to come back, but I want it only if it's safe. Yeah. You know, it, we're all going through the same thing. Your sport, uh, you know, I, that's what I think, Annika, and I love your take on this. I, I'm a huge basketball nut. And mm. I, I really like um, NBA, but I'll watch college when, when it's on. And have you noticed that a lot of these teams that were projected to win everything didn't, and the ones who weren't projected or even on the list won everything or went so far that nobody could believe? And I think it's because there's no audience. There's no audience. So oh, if you're the kind the of energy of the audience, people don't understand that that feeds me. Okay, and I know it feeds you. Oh wow! So imagine just. Nobody there. Yeah, that has to get hard to get into the mode and like feel a purpose and not just feel like it's rehearsal in some way. And, you know, because there's a difference between, you know, even when I rehearse something versus when it's time, it's like, don't worry, I'll click it up a couple of notches. Yes, like, yes, yes. You know, yes. what I did do a lot of, and I know that you understand this now, I'm a little late to the party, but I, I've done so much zooming. Yeah. I've done, I've, I've sold a TV show by Zoom. I've done lots of press by Zoom. I was in Canada doing a, a TV show and I did all my meetings by Zoom over there. Oh, I did a movie in my closet, The Witches, an HBO Max animated. I, I did a movie in my closet. Oh yeah, I just, I just adjusted. I adjusted my sales. I think you're an extrovert, probably. <laughs> I'm both. It's Are weird you? because the fact that, you know, cause I get energy from being alone. I can be with people and specific kinds of people. I don't lose energy and it's kind of a little invigorating, especially if it's a good deep conversation. And, you know, yeah. I don't do well with surface conversation. I don't do well with uh, a lot of people in general. Like it's a, it's an, it's an effort to kind of make the small talk and keep it going. Um, but I want to, present my best self. The fact that there's no audience, I mean, I get that. And then, you know, not being around people. Are you so you say you're both? I'm both in in but I'm different than how you are. I like to have my alone time to rest. You're feeling yeah. your like rehab or like yeah. a regeneration or regeneration, yes. And yeah. without that, I can get get a little off course. Mm -hmm. And um in Canada, I, I was I was going to say this. We were shooting this show called Schmigadoon. It is musical, musical, and um, I had an eighteen-page song, and and the director shot it in one sh one take. I know you know, I know you know, I know you know because you've worked in film and you understand. So, I had fourteen days of quarantine. So, guess what doesn't mix well with Kristen Chenoweth? Quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> uh, I hated it. I, I watched 90 day fiance and I learned that song. That's all I did. And by day eight, I was a little bit like, arr, 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 and I just immersed myself in it. And then once I finally got out of quarantine and I could be around people then I was afraid to, 
What? Even on set, even on set, I was like, well, because this was pre-vaccine and I thought we were at the height of COVID and here I am on a set. I got, I got weird. So then I go home at night and be weird and I'd be on, weird on set, be weird. And Alan Cumming was in the show and he's, we're very, very close. And he said, what, why are you being so weird? I said, I know, right? I'm being weird. You're out of quarantine. We're safe. We're in our pods. You sand, you're wearing a cone like you've been spayed or neutered. It's hard. <laughs> Quit being weird. I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. But it has sucked. Okay. It just sucked. It is sucked for all my, all the Broadway community. It is, we, we are managing to do TV and film and I've been lucky to work that way and make a living that way. But I mean, I have friends moving in droves out of town of New York because, you know, yeah. rent, yeah. job, life. I think that's happening in a lot of big cities. I mean, I live in Scottsdale and the oh, yes, Scottsdale. Never, never been better. Like everybody's coming from California and I mean, it's like, you know, there's there's some people maybe that are over the city and then maybe it has to do with just, you know, something to do with the city and perhaps they don't agree with it all. Perhaps it's just about the fact that they know that they can just Zoom their way to work and that they don't have to actually be in an office anymore. So where do you want to live? Well, I don't want to live in this 730 square foot apartment in New York. I'd like to have a yard, you know, <laughs> maybe a dog. <laughs> where yeah. you can play. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's a, I think there's, a lot of people do that, Danica. And it's also happening in California because I live there as well. Yeah. So much so that that you also act. So you know that California, a lot of things aren't shooting there unless it's a talk show. Most things are shot in Canada, Atlanta, soon to be Oklahoma, thank goodness. Oh. Not in our country. So and some I, I did a movie in North Carolina, but I'm getting to the point where I and I've loved Canada over the years. I've been there many times and shot many, 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 some of my favorite work. But I'd like for our country to to get some of the tax breaks and and get some of the breaks that they're getting, you know, through us. And there are friends, no doubt about it. But I just wish, I wish that in a men might industry. So I have decided to move from from California because I don't really work there as much. Right. right. Um, and I'm moving to Nashville. That's a great city. I mean, that's a lot of fun there. I'm planning on having a great time. Do you feel like you're going home in a way? Being a yes, sort I can't of believe you said that. Southwestern Midwest girl. Do you feel like you're kind of going home? Yes, I do feel like I'm going home. When I was 18, I worked at Opryland. It no longer exists. It's gone away. But I left kicking and screaming going to OCU. My dad said, you're going to college. I said, no, I want to stay, work at Opryland for the rest of my life. And he said, no, you have to go to school. And I'm so glad he did what he did. But Nashville has always been the place where I thought I would want to be. I'm, I'm a New Yorker die through and through, but it's Music City there too. So they understand, but it's not. Um, sometimes I think I'll be interested to get your take on this. Um, we're both in show business. So we know that there's certain ways that people want us to look sometimes. And look, you're seeing that real, this is the real hair. This is the real, I, I did my best Danica, but you know. I'm used you're, to having hair and makeup done. I did my best. Always adorable. I you're did my best. <laughs> well, you are too. Aww. But you know, you get to the point where you get kind of spoiled with getting your hair and makeup done. And now I've got to get in front of a light. Now I've got to be a tech person. And you know, I'm 53. I, I can barely do social media. Just give me a freaking break, everybody. Like I'm. Somebody, <laughs> I'm you with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. But you're younger than me, so I'm still trying to get there. And I'm, I'm learning. You know, pivot. He, she, they. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. The sales, turn it, okay. <laughs> reroute the, reroute. the jib and this thing. And the, <laughs> the, 
We love a jib. So was it so fun to be back on set? So Schmegadoon, you said it. So now I know how to say the word. What a fun show. And I think too, like, I mean, what the best of both worlds. I'm curious. It's clear you love Broadway the most, right? Above movies. And I love stage. If, I, if I'm on a concert or in a role, I just like being on stage. Stage with, with, with an audience, right? Yeah. Is there an audience for Schmegadoon? Well, yeah. And... Uh, the premises, and this is what makes me laugh so hard because my brother can't stand music theater or opera. Pearl Clutch, me. So I'm like, how do we get people to watch this? Well, there's a character that Keegan-Michael Key plays. He's the guy that hates musicals. So a couple wants to revitalize their relationship and they go on a trip, they get lost and they get stuck in a musical. And that's where I live. <laughs> my and it's your brother's hell. It's your brother's hell. <laughs> it's hell and my heaven. Yeah. Like, when someone said to me the other day about the show, how how, how much they don't, it was a uh, German, a German, a lady from Germany said, I don't really like musical theater. And so we've never really had an interview before, but I've liked you and other things. I didn't even know you could sing. Oh. And, and so she goes, but I found myself cracking up at Schmigadoon. And so I thought, well, then we're doing what we, we set out to do, which is make people laugh, not yeah. at us, just at the situation. And I really like, I love the concept of the show and I'm curious of your thoughts on a much more sort of deep esoteric level, but this couple can't leave Schmigadoon and this living musical until they find true love. Right. Right. And, but they're supposed to be in love, right? Right. Cause they come as a couple. So, okay. Like unpack that for me. How is that playing out? And then what are your, I mean, I'm curious, just, you know, I want to talk about true love too. Oh, me too. I love that subject. Um, I love love. I think what's making, what's ringing true is that when musical theater is done poorly, um, we should be made fun of. We should, but when it's done at its highest level, then it's, it's actually the hardest milieu of the TV, Broadway, all of it. It's the hardest thing. Now we're doing it on film, okay? So there's there's a line that I've got to walk with this crazy banana character that I've got to walk, but for film, not for theater. And it's a comedy. So Kristen, how are you going to do that? And maybe this isn't even your question, but for any young artists listening and watching, what I did, what I do when there's no audience, which is a lot of times, I look at camera A and if they're cracking up, then I know it's funny. That's right. You can't, because they can't hold it back. I get it, right? You're looking to any context. Like you can be doing an interview and sit there and and people aren't supposed to make noise, but you can kind of hear a, <laughs> you know, you can hear like a little giggle or something. Yeah, that's where a live audience can really like perpetuate the energy and jack it up more and more because they're cracking up. You're feeling the flow, like you're the right things are building at the right times because there's, there's an, there's immediate feedback, but when you've got nobody, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Look at the cameraman. Yeah. I was like, Jim, was that funny or no? And Barry Sandal goes, would you quit asking Jim? <laughs> the director. <laughs> like, well, I just want to know, is it reading? And you know, I'm still that girl. I still want to be true to the character, true to myself, true to the piece. Um, and I play a very unlovely person in the, in the show. Very unlovely, but very fun. Very, very fun. And he seems like a really, um, I mean, could she be some kind of ulterior mo like, like personality? 
How do you tap in her? How do you tap in her? Well, I I went back in time. Dove Cameron, who's played my daughter twice before, and Art and I are very close. She plays the young, sort of hot, you know, farmer's daughter in the show. (laughs) And I was like, why is Mildred, what's made Mildred so mean, nasty, leads with anger, even hate and hurt, insecurity? What's made her all these things? So my job as an actor is to, one day we were standing in rehearsal and I was watching Dove and she was so the character and I was cracking up at her. I said, ah. Mildred used to be her, but through some of the things that I can't mention in the show through time and things that have happened in Mildred's life, she's become angry and mean, and she's lost her joy. She's allowed this life and other people to take her joy. And that's the only way I have to look at characters like that, that way, or I would have trouble playing them because they're so unlovely, but they're also a lot of fun. You know, I had, I had the Joker lips. I really wanted her to be a maniacal at some point. We drive to this episode five, which is this one take number thing. And I really wanted, like, of course, it was really tight, made me really uncomfortable. I had the too tight Mildred Pierce hair. Just everything was super crisp and perfect. And she was just unhappy. And it was fun to play. I had a great time. Yeah, that dichotomy of perfection and then misery. <laughs> just mis- Just miserable. I think it's beautiful that you were able like that you to get in to find the character. You actually look for the good to see, to see the contrast. And do you not, do you think this isn't just the case for everyone? And while, you know, you're forced to do it on set because you're getting into a role, but this is so much harder to do in real life where we've got someone projecting onto us and you've got a Mildred in this, you know, in regular life and you're, you know, you just, you can, you just, it's like, you don't want to deal with it. And it gets so hard in those moments to see the little kid that was bebopping around at seven, that things happen to them. And the thing is, is that everybody's dealing with shit. Like everybody's got trauma, everybody. Everybody. And And I don't know about you, but hasn't this time really made you look at like, what's really the problem? Oh my God. I'm totally unpacked at all. I'm unpacked at me too. Um, My mom trauma, my dad trauma. I thought it was the dad trauma that was the problem. Turned out there's mom trauma too. Like, of course. Of course. Thank God for counselors. Thank God for quiet. Thank God for some reflection. Thank God for you know, the, the, the things that have to hit you over the head before you're like thrust into situations. But man, if we could only have that kind of attitude and maybe you do all the time, I had, you should, I, yeah. I'm curious. I, but it, I had troubles too. So That's why when my mom said, are you sad that you're not going to make as much? Are you, are you, you know, I was like, oh, she's right. She's doing that thing again. Sniper from the side, I call it, but she's right. It's a way to train your brain too. Like, I, I don't love the expression fake it till you make it, but there is a, some point to it, especially mm-hmm. in during a pandemic. Like when you walk outside and you see sadness and you just see loneliness and you want to help and whatever, mm-hmm. or you don't really want to go out because you're depressed. Either way, I've noticed that in my past growing up, people said to me as a child, you smile a lot. It makes people feel good. So I always thought, well, that'll be, that's something I do naturally. So that'll be easy because <laughs> I like to, you know, can't help it. But I've noticed that people smiling at me when I'm walking down the street, just like, like we see each other. We know we've been through hell. We're still in it. And a smile to somebody, even if you don't get the reaction back that even if you don't get a smile back, you never know how that will touch 
people. I had a woman just not long ago, just randomly smile at me as I was walking by. Hi, I said, hi. And I thought, I wonder if she knows how badly I needed that smile. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive, Danica. And I think about all the kids graduating from college with their dreams and they still got their suit ba- suitcases packed full of their clothes and where are they going to go? So we'll, we'll just continue to unpack this for years, but I guess the main thing is we're alive and I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. I see a light and there is, so that means hope. Yeah. Well, we don't, you know, what I'm hearing is that, you know, the saying that we don't see things as they are, we see things as we are. And so you see the smile because you give the smile, like you see it, you know, that sometimes you've smiled at people when maybe you weren't even feeling it sometimes. Cause it's yeah. just, it's your, it's your gift. You know, this is your, this is your magic. You sprinkle on human existence. And so you could see that amongst, I'm sure tons of other things, but it's only in the breaking open into the depression and into getting hit over the head, literally that you then kind of, are able to then empathize with that person who's the Mildred who you're like, Oh, she used to be joyful and happy. And then something happened, but it's, it's not until you can kind of feel it. So again, it's not, we, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And it's in the breaking open that we can create so much more compassion. And I think that's happened. I do think that there's such a golden opportunity to expand as humans into this, like, much bigger love, but much wider. It's just wider. Everything you said plus times 10, because we don't have compassion. Mm. Not only will our country not move forward, we won't, you know, we're talking about enlightenment, evolution, things like that. I like that word. If we don't have compassion at the end of it, that's that, then, 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 then we have nothing. Mm. And um, it's very easy to look around and, and why me, why me, why me, why this, why this, why this? And, you know, we were talking about true love earlier and how I was supposed to do the certain thing, you know, and it wasn't until this hideous moment. And I, I had met um, my, my current boyfriend before, but COVID really bonded us. And I think it either bonded people or it separated people. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, like, absolutely. I mean, it should speak volumes about relationships, the things that survived that you were immersed. There was no more hiding. It was all shadows coming out. It was all insecurities. The triggers and projections are just flying like birds in the sky constantly. Yes. Yes. it's, It's a really trying time, but you know, not only whether you found deeper love or whether you were broken and found a breaking open to feel the pain, to appreciate and see the love too. Like it's all working. And I think that it's like, it's almost like when, when there's a cause happening and it goes so far one direction, it's like, there has to be some sort of a stretching before it kind of finds its middle ground. And there's there's a lot of stretching going on. It is very well said, very well said. And a lot of stretching that needed to happen. And then also so that, you know, when we're talking about being aware, of our surroundings, being aware of others, being aware that our words hurt, being aware that just because we don't think it's offensive, they shouldn't, you know, it's really an interesting, and I, it's a silly thing, but I, I, I'm from Oklahoma and, you know, some of my relatives hunt. Okay. They do. And I've 
gotten in trouble before for saying, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone by PETA. And it doesn't matter. I'm happy to talk about these things, by the way. It's important. You have to talk about yes, saying. (laughs) It's a saying, but you know, there's a lot of sayings that I've I've learned now that you know what, Kristen, you don't need to say that. That's actually like that's not even you don't even need to say that. There's a bunch of things that have disappeared from our lexicon in the last good few years because of other implications. And it's good. It's good. It's good. And I don't know how you feel, but. But uh, the Black Lives Matter movement came um, when I when I went, went back to L.A. It kind of erupted right then. Yep. Um, and it was very difficult to continue to watch George Floyd, what happened to him and, he, and to his family. That this moment needed to, needed to happen and all the stretching. And I need to stretch, too. So this time out has been. The hardest thing I've ever done and the most required thing I didn't know I needed. I have a tendency to go, go, go that I don't even live in the moment sometimes. What are we supposed to do? One, number one thing, Oprah says it, live in the moment. God says, let me take you on. I'll be, you're going to be okay. But I've, I'm, I'm, I'm learning that and I'm 53 and I'm, I'm getting there. I feel you. I have the same problem. I like to go, go, go. Um, I don't mind being like, it didn't kill me to be in quarantine. I like the alone. I love certain aspects of it, but I do have a hard time slowing down too. What is it, you know, if we can't find the lessons in these things, it gets, you know, then there's, it's just a little less useful. So yes, what are the lessons other than purely slowing down? I'm like more specific. What do you realize that you need in your life? The things that you like to do, where you want to be, you're moving. So maybe that's a part of it. But what are the things that you go... At once the dust settled, the things left are these. My mom and dad, my boyfriend, my closest friends, my dog. Like I'm looking around now as you ask the question, I'm like, don't really need that racket clothes. Yeah, don't really need that hat. Don't need, I mean, I don't want my Steinway to go away, but I, <laughs> I can imagine. There's so many things I've realized that I don't need. I like to dress up and be cute and I like to be all girly and I like clothes and all that stuff. And it's been hard. Like I want to just go somewhere to the mall. Can we go to lunch, something. But as, as long as this goes like on. You're wearing Vera, Vera Wang to the, to the grocery store. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but even like my cute sweats. No, I wore a Winnie the Pooh onesie, the whole pandemic, like with food on it from three days ago. Like what's the matter, Kristen? Shower. And I, for everybody listening that went through this feeling too, I want you to know you are not alone. Like when I smelled my own breath in my mask, when I smell my own breath, I nearly passed out from my own breath, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what I'm talking about. No one's talking about mask breath. No one is. Because <laughs> it's masked. <laughs> exactly. It's maybe one of the it's one of the only good things about the mask is that you don't have to worry about your breath. Yeah, until you remove it. And you go, oh, we're good. To do and you remove, and then you start talking. You go, is that me or someone else's foot? <laughs> you realize, oh, crap, it's your breath. <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah, so Listerine has become very important to me. Nice, nice. <laughs> what, um, what, uh, did you have any emerging sort of like hobbies or things that you ended up realizing that you just friggin' down with and you want to keep doing? I'm embarrassed, but. Do you mind if I go get something? Yeah, go for it. I love it. Show and tell. Okay. So I have uh, an obsession. I'm, 
I, it's, it's a problem. It's um, coloring. <laughs> Adult I, coloring books. Yes. Now, this is my best one, I think. Hang on. I'm obsessed. I do it at night to bring down my brain, you know, from the day. Yeah. Oh. Colors. That's okay. stunning. All those colors of green. Yeah. And then here's the real key. You've got to have an electric pencil sharpener, Danica, or don't waste your time. Because me and you are not the type to do this. We're not doing that. We have to go like that. I don't know. I, I like the extra workout, you know. it's a little. <laughs> you know what? Fun. You might be. You might be. Oh, my God. That's the deluxe coloring set. Yeah. That's probably 150 different colors. At least. At no least. wonder why you were able to get so many shades of green. You should see the shades of gray and something. Wow. I work really hard at these, Yannicka. Uh, they take a lot of time and a lot of sharpening. <laughs> By the way, my poor boyfriend is like, I'm, I can't sleep. I'm an insomniac. I don't know how you're dealing with, maybe you don't have that problem, but I, it's, a, it's a problem. And I color, if I wake back up, I'll color, but then the pencil sharpener always. <laughs> you know well, true love does not judge my, my mouth guard i'm like sorry honey i mean as you're like sorry i'm just like just get the sharpeners going <laughs> oh where's my finger yeah we're, we're, about <laughs> we're about there that's adorable well i don't think that's a bad and and so to me that's like some people develop maybe a meditation sort of like yeah. routine, yeah. maybe someone picked up gardening, maybe someone, I don't know, started cooking, who knows, yeah. but I should have done that. anything that gets the brain to slow down and go from sympathetic to parasympathetic, like that's, or the other way around, I always forget which way it goes, but to slow down okay. is such a great, such a great thing. Well, I mean, I want to ask you something because believe it or not, when you were racing, it wasn't all that much different than what, what I do. Okay. I get put in a, a capsule basically on stage and I go from eight to 11 and I don't stop. Mm -hmm. And then coming home at night and if I'm doing concert work, it's me, you know, and I, it's, it's the nighttime. I'm a night owl already, but then I get switched over to a film and, you know, it's like 5.30 a.m., Miss Chenoweth. I'm like, please don't do that to me. Please don't do that to me because I'm a night owl. I stay up all night long and I really struggle with it. How did you come down when you were racing? Or how do you end just life? Because, you know, we go off adrenaline. That's clear. Yeah. We're adrenaline junkies for sure. I mean, yeah. look what we do for a living. You're also yeah. an actor. Look what you're doing now. You're doing a podcast because, oh, let's add one more thing because you're that amazing. Oh. Seriously, like there's definitely a come down period. Yeah, there's a come down period. And I think that, you know, you, you know, the nature of your business is is not quite as dramatic. Most very similar is like a chef. Um, same thing, like those night hours where there's like got to be like a come down because you're in high beta mode neurologically yes. to stay on and stay focused. And so to get out of that brainwave state and get lower and into sort of like alpha before you can get into like delta and theta when you're sleeping, like that's a process that takes a while to get down there. So for me, I, I mean, I think it always took a couple hours. Uh-huh. And then I was fine asleep. I'm fortunate. I, I just, I did an interview and I, we, we were talking about sleep in the interview and it was with David Asprey, who's a, um, yeah. A biohacker. yeah. And so I said that I wake up 
Um, and I'm almost never tired in the morning. And he's like, okay, almost everybody listening hates you um, because that's not how people feel. And, and we're, so, we're jealous and we're happy for you. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Um, but okay. I, I definitely am, uh, I go with the sun. So okay. I, I, once the sun comes up, I'm up. So, okay. it, you know, I, it's crazy. And to stay up all night and then sleep in the daylight is not necessarily the way the body's meant to work. But and that, that has caused me problems. But it's your work. And so even if you, if you finish at 11, by the time you get home, it's midnight. Maybe you probably want to eat something, which is another sort of like sleep disruptor. It is. So then all of a sudden, you're, now you're... Yeah, you probably don't want to eat before the show too much because you got to sing and you got all these things going on. So, you know, of course it's to put on and and then, you know, and then and then you've got a couple of hours of like come down from the energy and then you've got digestion and all these other things happening. It's it's just I mean, it's lifestyle. And so, you know, it's, it's it, how do you do it? I mean, there's pro you probably have to go, I would think like finding a cave basically sort of setting where it's like, got to be pitch black. You can't light in. Yeah. Maybe really cold. It should be really, uh -huh. really cold in there. So Hertz frequencies are, so there's like a lot of conspiracies around the frequency in which we tune music to, which is still kind of maybe strike yeah. a chord with you. Yeah. But 440 <laughs> totally. and 432. So 432 is a natural, natural frequency and 440 was an implemented frequency for music. And uh -huh. it's a little less natural to the body. So you can look on, like you can go on YouTube and just search Hertz frequencies and there'll be anywhere from 20 minutes that you can listen for a meditation if you want to 10 hours worth. So I just play it and then I leave it next to the bed and I listen to whatever frequency I want. So sometimes I listen to 528 or 432, which are kind of more of like, I think earth resonates at a 528 frequency, 432. They're very healing. Then you can get into the lower frequencies, which are more bodily healing. So, mm -hmm. and then you can get in the higher frequencies that are more about uh, sort of astral projecting and more of sort of uh, connecting with the connecting with spirit, connecting with the astral plane. You know what you should try? Please tell you me. You should try putting in, putting in, putting on a headphones. If you have a cord, that's great because then you don't have the EMFs from uh, wireless. Mm -hmm. um, put on headphones and play a Hertz frequency while you color and see how you feel with that. Because I bet you'll just go. Are you serious? To see if that I've helps never even down. heard of this before. Like, I'm not yeah. even kidding. Like this, I'm it. trying this. Oh, I, I, and there's also, you know, there's also products that work great. I, I invested into a company and promote this product called it's beam. It's is the name of the company and they have a sleep product called dream and it has oh, nano dream. CBD. It has, yes. You've had dream. It has yeah. magnesium, L-thionine, melatonin, and you've got about a 20 minute window. So if you played that music, colored and took your dream, which is basically just like a hot chocolate and you drink it in 20 minutes, you should feel pretty damn tired. I bet. I'm so doing this. I have not tried this all in together. I have not done them. I've done different sound apps and things, but I haven't done what you're talking about, but, but, but yeah. anything yeah. like, you know, we're talking about rewiring the brain. I think the same goes with like depression and like love and all the emotions we have. And yeah. I love the reason I love sleeping is because I am um, sort of an, an empath. I, I, and I, that's when 
I've had several visitations from people that I love that are no longer here. So that's when I get in my dream, I'm really getting good sleep and I love it when I get a visit. Oh, yeah. So you'll probably totally dig on some of those higher frequencies, the like nine, nine and a thousand. That's like 963 and something. You'll that'll connect you more with those frequencies, those higher chakra frequencies in the astral. Um, That's interesting. So you operate in the dream state then quite a bit. Do you remember your dreams? Um, Usually I do. I I write them down quickly Mm. so that they don't leave me. But when a big moment happens, I don't forget. I I mean, I can still like, I can remember when my aunt came to visit me and she was laughing and she she didn't say anything to me, but she was laughing. She she had such a unique laugh and she had had brain breast cancer, then brain cancer and passed away. And she was the youngest and healthiest of six girls, eight organic, taught spin, all the, all the things that you think, how did this happen? But she was laughing in my dream, laughing. And in my dream, I go, and I go, are you laughing at me? And she goes, no, I'm, no, I'm trying to tell you to laugh because it's just all so silly. Don't be sad. Now she didn't speak it, but that's what her meaning was to me. And I thought, oh, she's telling me not to be sad about her. It, it's all so good. Did that make you look at death different after having that experience? Because when we have those visceral but out-of-body experiences, there's something that shifts internally that doesn't doesn't go back. I feel like you you you're changed forever. Changed forever. When that thing hit me in the head, I was knocked out. I woke up in Bellevue, and there was no shining light. There was just me out, and then coming to, and. It got me to thinking about a lot of things. I said, mom, I didn't see the shining light. I didn't, you know, she's like, well, you aren't dead. <laughs> you had a, you had a brain injury, which is serious, but you aren't dead. So, and she was in, by the way, who are you hearing this from? You know, who's coming back and telling you, well, there'll be a big beam of light. You know, none of us knows what it's going to be like. None mm-hmm. of us knows. I just know that I so, totally believe that we are all spirits in these bodies. Right. And we get to walk around on this fantastic earth, which is one of a billion thousand j- j- zillion planets and we're here in the now and I'm so grateful for it. I've had a lot of loss this year and I'm really grateful for all the hardship because it just really makes you appreciate the the good things. If you were to be at the end of your life, um, well, human life, because you probably also believe that we you know, we That's don't die. Right. Even the Bible says that oh, you don't That's die. Right. You go on. So, yeah. um, but if we're just, you know, spirits having a human experience, um, what will you hope that you will have done in this human experience, this cycle of being a human? And what will you want to be remembered for? I hope that people will, will remember me as a person who um, was always wanted to be on a team and just wanted to be a team player. And that's in life and that's on stage. And that's if I'm a head headliner or if I'm not, doesn't matter. I like, like my background singers, they're not background singers. They're singers mm. that, that join me on stage. They're artists. Um, I hope they remember that about me. And I hope that I've left an impression on some of our younger generation about the craft and art of, of voice and dance and how arts can change lives. 
Yeah. And so I hope that a mm. child, somebody in my lifetime says, Kristen, you know, I, I have had kids say to me before, you know, I'm in it because I saw you do ABC. But I really, this boot camp thing, we had two kids get signed by big, and that's not actually what I wanted, but I'm really happy that there's enough, there's so many kids out there that want to do what I do, what I do, but another reason that the, the movement is so important, what you were saying, especially when you hit it, girls, women everywhere went, if she can do it, if she can do it. And that's what, you know, I'm sure you realize that now, but I wondered, I've wondered about you in the past, but does she realize that she just gave a whole generation of women going, she can do it. It was like the girl playing football the other day. I was happy to see it. You know, go, you go, girl. <laughs> you just go. Now me, I'll be at Nelson. But you just go right on ahead. <laughs> but I have, I've just, that's what I hope. Those are the two things I hope in life. Are there some things left on the list that you know that you are, there's some, I'm sure there's things left on the list, but are there some things? And that was beautiful, by the way. I mean, that is such a, that is such an empathic um, hope for life. I mean, I can feel the empath in you that wants to like, you want you you want them to feel what you felt and you want to feel what you want you want to feel them because the joy that you get doing it you want to see it in them and you want them to experience it for themselves and that is like such an empathic thing to say because there's just a mirroring happening that you just want them to be in such joy and love something yeah, so much well and connect said. and that's really beautiful um what about experiences for yourself that you um, that you would like to uh, do between now and the end of this meat suit? Well, I'm sure my boyfriend would like for me to say that I'm going to learn how to cook. Um, I'll teach you. Would you? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I will take you up on that because I'm the worst. Oh. The worst. You almost can't screw it up. Really? Yeah, it's true. As long as you get good at just tasting food as you go, you go, oh, it just needs more salt. Oh, it just okay. needs more sugar. Oh, it just needs more that. So you just start slow adding things. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I'm going to get into flavor complexity and I'm going to get into texture differences. And all of a sudden you're like, hmm, look what I came up with. And you can't screw it up. Okay. I mean, you can burn something to a char. Sure. But I still like a little char. Like if I burn something, I'm like, shit, sorry, guys. I'm burning a little bit. Secretly, I'm like, I'll eat it. And most people are like, I love charred food too. I like a snake steak, a steak. Well done. Is there anywhere you want to go or any, anything that, you know, I don't know, have 10 dogs or, you know, Machu Picchu or. Let me explain something to you. If I went to any sort of mountain, whether it's a hill or just one in my neighborhood, I'd never make it over the top. I'm so out of shape. Um, I've always, I've, I've been lucky enough to be all over the world, but I have never been to Israel or, or um, Jerusalem. And I would really like to go there before um, I, I pass away. I would like to see all the things I've read about my whole life. I'd like to see the Wailing Wall. I would like to see Bethlehem. I would like to see, yeah, just want to go. Um, if your boyfriend's listening, standing behind the camera, now you know what to do. Now, now you know what to book. Hint, hint. What? Oh, <laughs> he said you can cook an egg McMuffin. You can or can't cook an egg McMuffin. I can. That's the one thing I can do, and he loves them. That's a gem. I mean, that's that's breakfast or lunch or dinner. That's what we think yeah. eggs are the best. 
cookies. I know. Cookies, I can make those out of a bag. <laughs> Pop tarts, I'm great at those. <laughs> oh, wait, I draw the line there. If you only have to push down on the button, then it's not, that's not, that's not, we're gonna, we're, the egg McMuffin is a, is a real accomplishment. Well, I hope you do all those things. I have actually no doubt that you will, especially now that your boyfriend knows what to plan. Yes. Um, but but uh, as far as, you know, as far as the cooking goes, I'd be happy to help. But at the end of the day, you're pretty great. You've accomplished so much. You've inspired so many. And you're such a doll. And if you never learned how to cook in your life, job well done. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Thank you for making me feel that good. Yeah, sure. And so you're in North Carolina, right? I'm not. I lived in North Carolina for about five years, but I oh, you're in Arizona. Scottsdale. I play there all the time. I love Arizona. Do you like it? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here on and off since 2004. So okay. I really That's like cool. it out here. North Carolina was nice too, but, um, and Nashville's cool. I've been there a bunch of times, but I've never lived there. No, if you want to, if you want to come visit. In the meantime, enjoy getting back on the road and audiences and all the good, all the things. Thank you, Danica. And same back at you, sis. Stay safe. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.